0: I'll also be reading this passage in Mong. One of the great things about being a United Methodist is that when we often go worship together, we often hear the Word of God in many different languages. And so I'll be reading this, um, this very same passage in First Corinthians chapter fifteen, verse twelve to verse nineteen. The Mong calls this tao, Okay, kolentau for Corinthians. And so Chong" go "Ching" go want to the Betu chi talen da susha Let us pray together. Father, we come before you to hear your words. Father, may your spirit guide us with his wisdom as we listen to the words. And may these words bless our very lives. And so we lift these words up to you. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. I have some statistics here that I want to share with all of us. Um, I'll confess that I haven't had a chance to really check to see if these statistics here are accurate or not, but they're from Facebook, so I'm pretty sure they're pretty accurate. <laughs> and it's also about Easter egg hunting, and so I just wanted to share with uh, these stats with you guys because I found this on Facebook, and it's, I found it to be pretty uh, humorous. And so the, st- the stats shows that 10 kids... Ten kids can pick up 5,000 eggs in in a yard the size of a football field in ten minutes. We'll find find that out, right? We'll find that out here in a couple minutes. But then it continues. It continues, and it says, but it takes them three months to pick up five toys in a small bedroom. (laughs) So we as kids, uh, we as parents, we understand this very, very clearly. Uh, We've seen our children, you know. My children's their bedrooms, always, you know, their toys are always all over the place, never being picked up. And so today is a very special day, of course. It's been the most joyous day for us as Christians, as we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we see the importance and significance of the resurrection in our very own, um, in these scriptures here today that was written by the Apostle Paul. And he speaks about how, how important, how essential the resurrection is to our faith. A the Okay? when we come and see a different religions and the things that they believe in regards to the afterlife, we see that. With an Eastern religion, one of the things that they often emphasize on, and one of the things that they really believe in, is in the doctrine of reincarnation. In Hinduism they call this moksha, in Buddhism they call this nirvana. It's very it's similar there are some differences but we're not going to discuss those differences today because uh, that's not the point of what we're talking about today. But in Eastern religion and even in, in, in uh, the Hmong culture reincarnation is something that we really really believe in and we really hold on to. Many of our arts in, in in Asian culture and in uh, cultures of the East, many of our arts, many of our stories, many of our movies, many of the things that we do represents this belief, this belief of reincarnation. Many times when we listen to uh, love stories or we watch love stories of that comes from the East, we see that all these love stories is about emphasizes on the point of reincarnation because they believe that even if they're not together in this life, that in the next life that they will be be together. And so reincarnation is something that's very, very popular in the East. Here In the West, we, with Western philosophy and Western religion, one of the things that we believe in is annihilation. Annihilation, which is something that our atheist brothers and sisters, they believe in, which uh, they don't believe that there is a soul or a spirit and even our brothers and sisters of the Jehovah Witness, they believe in the doctrine of annihilation, where they don't believe that, that um, there is a soul or a spirit. And once you're, you've, you've passed on, once you're, um, you're, once you're dead, then that's it. There's no continuing. There's no continuing. Uh, for the Jehovah Witness, they believe that the believers will remain in the grave until the day of resurrection. But they, but they also believe that those who are non-believers, that, that is it. And there is no continuing. And so this is called the doctrine of annihilation. For us as Christians, we believe in the doctrine of resurrection. The doctrine of resurrection. Uh, and then in and the doctrine of Resurrection. We believe that when we are no longer in the body, that our spirit is with Christ, with God, and that one day our body will be resurrected from the dead. Many of our many of our um, burial services and the way that we bury our people is based upon this doctrine, based upon this belief. And we see, we see here in the scriptures the importance of believing in the resurrection and how essential how essential it really is to our faith as Christians. And the resurrection, it is something that gives us hope, and that's why I titled today's sermon, I titled it, The Hope of the Resurrection. The Hope of the Resurrection. But even though, this is so essential to our faith, even though the resurrection is so essential to our faith. Studies showed in the Rasmussen report in 2016, it shows that 25% of Christians, 25% of Christians don't believe in the resurrection. They don't believe in the, resurre- in the resurrection at all. And I, I th- it's something that it's very difficult to believe in. I can understand that. If we read the scriptures, as we uh, kind of, if we study the scriptures, and as I pointed out to or, to our um, group this morning during the sunrise service, is that even even for the the, the disciples, those who were following Jesus Christ during his er, his earthly ministry, we see we see that they they had a hard time believing that too. They had a hard time believing that Jesus Jesus was going to rise from the dead. They had a hard time believing that Jesus was going to be resurrected. And so when Jesus was crucified and when he was um, buried in the tomb, they they lost a lot. They lost hope. They lost hope. And yet even though they lost hope, we see on Easter morning, on Easter morning in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago, that even though they lost hope, they saw the fulfillment of God's promise in their own life. And so here in the Scriptures, it says a couple of things here. In verse 14, it says that that without the resurrection, without the resurrection, without Jesus Christ actually resurrecting from the dead, then that means that the faith that we have is absolutely false. That the things that we are doing today, the Apostle Paul is arguing that the things that we are doing today is absolutely of no value at all, okay? And so... It goes on, it goes on and talks about the pastors in verse fourteen and verse fifteen. And it says that, you know, even the pastors, if the resurrection did not take place, then the pastors are false pastors, they're they're false teachers. All that we're doing here is false. There is no hope. And it goes on and tells us that without the resurrection we're still in sin. We're still in sin. Everything that we do is pointless. And that is, and so the Apostle Paul here, he is emphasizing to us, he's teaching to us how, how essential it is for us as Christians to believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So hard to do. So hard to do. I find myself, you know, when I was, when I was um, before I became a pastor, I, when I was just growing up in the church, I found myself to be doubting the resurrection many times in my own life. It's hard to believe in. A lot of people, you know, a lot of Christians, it's hard for them. It's hard for them to believe in the resurrection. But why do we as Christians, why do we believe in the resurrection? Well, we believe in the resurrection because of the empty tomb. In Matthew chapter 28 verse 13 it says, and this is, these are the words of those who are um, against Jesus Christ. These are the words of the Pharisees in Matthew chapter 28 verse 13. They realized that the, that, the, that the tomb was also empty on that Sunday. Okay? Even those who were against Jesus, they saw that the tomb was empty on that Sunday. And so they came up with a plan as to how they were going to rebuke the disciples and how, were they going, how they were going to rebuke the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And their plan was this. In Matthew 28, verse 13, it says, You are to say that his disciples came by night and stole his body while we were asleep. You see, so that was their plan because they had no other plan. They had no way to really rebuke the empty tomb. Because they found the tomb to be empty also, just as the disciples found the tomb to be empty. And we understand at that time that the tomb had at least four guards, because this is the way that they used, they used to guard um, things back then. The tomb had at least four guards who were highly trained, and those four guards, they knew, they knew that if they let anybody ha- uh, anything happen to that body, the body of Jesus Christ, they knew that they, w- they could be executed for it. And yet these four, at least these four guards were highly, highly trained as they were you know, protecting this tomb. As they were watching over this tomb, they could not stop the resurrection. They could not stop what happened. And in the end, like I said, the tomb was empty. Another reason why we believe in the resurrection is because the message of the resurrection began in Jerusalem. It began in Jerusalem where Jesus Christ died. And so it's, it would have been much, much more easier for them, for people, for those who were op- opponents of the Christian faith at that time, to, to refute the resurrection because it took place Jesus died. It's just like, you know, if I was to say something about myself in my own hometown, they can tell whether or not that is true or false because they know me personally. If I was to go, if I was to go out of state, if I was to go to um, Georgia or Florida or wherever and if I was to proclaim certain things about myself, it, it'll make it much more harder for them to refute because those people don't know me personally. And yet, the message of, of the resurrection started Started and it began in Jerusalem where people personally knew about what happened. And yet, even though they personally knew about what happened, they cannot refute or rebuke the message of the resurrection. And so that's another reason why we believe in this. We believe in the resurrection because there were, there were witnesses. There were witnesses. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 5 through verse 7, it says that Jesus appeared to Cephas, who was Peter to the apostles, and to 500 witnesses, many of whom were still alive. And then he appeared to James and then to Paul. And so we had uh, witnesses who were alive at that time, who saw Jesus Christ who saw after the resurrection. And these, these, um, the, proclamation, the proclamation of the resurrection was written to Greeks, who were very, very skeptical of this at the time that the witnesses were still alive. And so if this was false, all that was needed was for them to provide the testimonies of those witnesses. They were, all they had to do was bring those witnesses up, and they could have been able to prove that it was wrong. But yet, we see that they were never able to rebuke or to refute the message of the resurrection. And so the Bible teaches us that there, there were witnesses. There were witnesses to Christ's uh, resurrection. Another reason why we believe is because of the transformation of the disciples. We see the transformation of the disciples, those who were very, very afraid for their life when Jesus Christ was being crucified to the point in which Peter even denied Jesus Christ three times because he was so afraid for his life. And these were simply fishermen, tax collectors, and ordinary men. And yet, they be, after they saw the resurrected Christ, they became men who, were, who boldly proclaimed the message of Jesus, of Jesus Christ to the point that they were all killed for their faith and they were willing to do that. They were willing to go to the grave for their own testimony. Now we know that a person who knows if, if they would have if, if knew that this was false, most likely they would, not all of them would be willing to go to the grave. If you knew something was false you would not be willing to do, go to the grave for it. You would not be willing to kill, be killed for it. But yet, they they were willing to put their life on the line. They were willing to be killed for their faith because they were in a position to know whether or not this is true or false. And they knew that it was true. And so they gave up their life for this message. We see the transformation of the Apostle Paul himself. Before he he came to Christ, he was someone who uh, persecuted Christians. He went around murdering Christians. And yet, After he met Christ, his transformation, he became the first missionary for Christianity. And he boldly proclaimed the message of Jesus Christ, even as he was suffering through many different types of persecution at that time. We saw his transformation. And so seeing the transformation of these people after they saw the risen Christ, we can attest to the truth of the resurrection. We see that Peter was crucified up and down in Rome. We see Paul beheaded in Rome. We see, we see Andrew uh, bringing the good news to those who lived in Russia, what is now Russia, and he was crucified in Greece. We saw uh, we see Thomas who was uh, killed with a spear of four soldiers. We see Philip who was hung to death by a Roman official. We see Matthew who was stabbed to death in Ethiopia. Bartholomew who was whipped to death. James who was thrown down a building. James the Great who was um, put to death by the knife in Jerusalem. We saw Simon and Thaddeus who were killed in Persia. Matthias who was burned to death. Jude who was crucified. The only disciple that did not—that was not violently killed, that the only disciple that died a natural death was John. John, he was the only disciple that died a natural death. Because they couldn't kill him, so they sent him to Pat, the island of Patmos. And so we see that these people, they were in that position to know the truth. And yet they were willing to put their line up their life on the line, because they knew that the resurrection was real. And so believing in the resurrection, what it does is that it gives us hope. It gives us hope that God will fulfill his promise to us. Something that seems so impossible. Something that even seems so impossible to the disciples as they were walking with Jesus Christ, and Christ fulfilled that promise for them. And so we as Christians, we can always trust that God will fulfill his promise to us. The things that he has promised us, he will fulfill it. It also gives us this hope that there is a better place than where we are at now. That there is a better place. And that we will be in that better place one day. 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 5 verse 8 says, To be away from the body is to be at home with the Lord. So it gives us hope that one day, all those that who has passed on to glory before us, that we will meet them once again. Without the resurrection, this is not possible. Without the resurrection... This cannot take place. And so because of the resurrection, we have that hope that one day we will meet all those who has passed on into glory. It also gives us hope that we can take our faith seriously, that our faith is a serious faith, that our faith is a real faith. It's not a false hope. It's not a false faith. We can serve the church with all that we can, we have. We can give with all that we have. We can spend time in our church with all that we have, give all that we can give to the church. And this is not going to pass away. But it is going to be something that's going to be a blessing for you and for I because God is real, because Jesus Christ is real. And we can have faith that we as Christians, that we are not only simply preparing ourselves for this life here on this earth, but that we are preparing ourselves for all of eternity, for all of eternity as Christians. And church church is not simply just a hobby for us. And it is simply not something that we do on the side. But that church can be our life. Christianity can be our life. It's the one thing that we can dedicate our whole life to. Because this faith is real. This Jesus Christ really resurrected from the dead. In Second Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 to verse 14. The Apostle Paul wrote to brothers and sisters, We do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring Jesus uh, with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him nithe And when Paul wrote this to the church, there was an inscription in the city that stated after death there is no reviving. After the grave, there is no meeting again. This was the message of the culture that Paul lived in. And it is in the context of this culture that Paul gave hope to a culture without hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so Jesus said to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. What a wonderful message it is for us as Christians that we have this awesome, awesome hope that we can prepare ourselves for all of eternity and that we will be able to spend all of eternity together. That there's more to life than just what we see. There's more to life than just what we can perceive. And Jesus Christ, he is life. He is that life for us. And so let us continue to worship God. Let us continue to make church something that's important for us. Let us continue to give our life to this Jesus Christ as he has given his life to us. Let us pray together. Father, we thank you so much for today, the resurrection, the hope that is in the resurrection of your son, Jesus Christ. Father, you have given so much to us. We ask that you open up our hearts, that we may be able to give ourselves to you. And so we pray in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.